This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Uh, much of the province will be moving into stage three of reopening on Friday. I hate to say it, Hamilton is not one of those communities. No. Disappointed! It is what it is, man. Um, Hamilton, Niagara, GTA, not included in phase three starting on Friday. However, Doug Ford says he'll be doing updates every Monday to possibly add more communities to the list. So Mm. fingers crossed that Hamilton just has to wait through the weekend, then they'll get some good news on Monday from the Premier of Ontario. Now, what does Stage 3 mean? It means that the gathering limits have increased to a maximum of 50 people when indoors. You can now have 50 people. Over at your house, which I think is more people than I've ever had in my house total. Yeah. Not, not, not at one time. I mean, total. I'm really going to have to try to dig up 50 people who like me. It's going to be tough. And if you have an outdoor gathering, you can have 100 people there. Hmm. But this is big. If you have an August wedding planned, you know. True. You're, the, the party's back on. Wedding's back on. Um, however, when you do have the, the folks over, you got to social distance with the people who aren't in your social circle. So if you've got 10 people in your social circle, they're at the outdoor gathering, you've got to socially distance from the other 90 people at the party. So, okay, so two meters between... So if you have 50 people in your house, you need to live in a community <laughs> center? Right. You need to have... 20,000 square feet (laughs) in order to follow the rules. And we got this text message here, Jim. It says, we have an August wedding. Don't say that stuff, Taz. COVID was the perfect excuse for us to downsize and save $10,000 on catering. Uh, Yeah. We figured we would have been good, but now uh, that money can go directly into a new house, which is great. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that COVID was the perfect excuse to have a small wedding. And I don't think anyone can judge you for that or hold it against you if if you're happy that you didn't have to spend the cash. Because it's one day, man. It's one day. And if you have to choose between buying a house, having a down payment, to me, it's it's a no-brainer. Buy the house. Go elope somewhere. Yeah. Sure, some family and friends might be a little ticked off, but who cares? That's a test to see how much they love you. <laughs> For every one person mad that they didn't go to your wedding, there'll be two people relieved they didn't <laughs> no, have <I'm> to. <laughs> Indoor dining, except for buffets, they're going to be able to resume at restaurants and bars. Gyms are going to be permitted to reopen mm. with strict measures in place. Uh, you got to clean the equipment finally people are going to actually start cleaning the equipment yeah you think i doubt it you got to start cleaning the uh, the equipment after you use it restaurants and bars distance of two meters must be maintained between customers attractions like galleries zoos museums movie theaters performing arts venues are going to be able to reopen with social distancing in place convention centers live shows and playgrounds will be allowed to open. Would you pay more to go see a live show now? Because they can't fill up the audience, but they got to make money. So to make it worth their while, you'd assume they'd have to start charging more for tickets, Jim. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, if it was a concert, you know, I would almost pay more if there was less people because that means you're closer to the stage. It's less annoying. Well, no, you're not necessarily closer to the stage. Oh, because you still have to distance. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I Hmm. It's, it's more exclusive bragging rights. Yeah, I guess so. So you can say, hey, I was there. There was only 150 people at the show, and I was one of them. Sure, the ticket cost me $7,000, but boy, was it worth it. <laughs> it was a little sparse in the mosh pit, but we had fun. <laughs> yeah, you got to run for about a minute and a half before you bump into someone in the mosh pit. <laughs> well, stop right before you bump. Oh, sorry. Excuse oh. me. <laughs> oh. You run out Take of the stuff berth. two meters <laughs> away. Whoa. COVID mosh pits. That's not going to work. Convention centers, playgrounds are going to be allowed to open. Oh, man. There's a playground by my house, Taz, and I saw somebody. I assumed it was an over an aggressive douchey parent, but somebody had just over the weekend ripped down all the caution tape that was around the playground. Someone so, did it at the playground near my place. Yeah, too. and there's two right beside each other. And they just, that's fine if you're going to tear it down. Well, it's not fine, but they just left all the caution tape on the ground and there's a garbage can like, you know, 20 feet away. I would assume it was teenagers. You think so? I, now I'm I'm getting old. I know I am because I'm blaming everything on teenagers. Oh, because now. now you're a parent. It's not the parents' fault. It's the teenagers. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it was. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm excited because my kid always wants to play on the playground, but at the same time, I'm disappointed because it's been a great excuse if we, if we're in a hurry or <laughs> I'm not feeling like staying at the park all afternoon. To be able to say, sorry, buddy, playground's closed, quarantined. <laughs> and yeah. now that excuse is going to be out the window. Child care centers across Ontario are going to be permitted to operate with cohorts of 15 children. So they're going to be able to open the daycares back up uh, with, with a few more kids in there. What's staying closed? Well, amusement parks and water parks, they're not ready to open yet. Hmm. Buffet-style food services, as I mentioned. No dancing at restaurants and bars unless you're a performer. Hold on a second. Is that good news for the sundowner? (laughs) (laughs) Overnight stays at camps for children. Not going to happen. Private karaoke rooms, Jim. Sorry, buddy. They will not be reopening. I guess sharing that microphone, not a great idea with COVID around. Uh, prolonged or deliberate contact while playing sports. Team sports, recreational team sports are coming back. Okay. But you can't have uh, prolonged or deliberate contact while playing those sports. No rugby. Saunas, steam rooms, bathhouses. Sorry, Jim. Oxygen bars. <laughs> not going to be reopening. Dang. Uh, where am I supposed to get my oxygen? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that is, to be honest. An oxy- You've never seen an oxygen bar? No. There you go, and you stick tubes in your nose, and you breathe. You breathe in oxygen, and some of its flavor. You can get like flavored oxygen. This is like space balls. This is out of control. Yeah. And table games at casinos. So, uh, casinos will be able to reopen, but you won't be able to play cards. Hmm. Can't can't touch all the chips. Can't touch the cards. Uh, uh, but I'm assuming slot machines are a go. If you're into that sort of thing or the electronic blackjack mm-hmm. roulette machines, those are going to be able to reopen with stage three. Unless you're in Hamilton, Niagara, Greater Toronto Area, Haldeman, Norfolk, Lambton, and Windsor, Essex. I got a bad squirt of uh, hand sanitizer yesterday, Jim. Is it from the building here? 
No. Okay. Why well, have you been using the stuff as you come through the front door? I've been waiting till I get upstairs to the studio, and I've been using the stuff in here. Yeah. I don't know how you define a bad squirt, squirt but I've seen this same squirting. There's, there's many ways I. <laughs> There's many ways I describe a bad squirt. <laughs> but in terms of hand sanitizer, it's the smell. Oh. Yeah. Because this this device downstairs, I saw one at the LCBO. It's like a similar industrial pump. Uh-huh. And you got to be very careful when you push that pump because there's a lot of PSI behind it. Like I, put, I tried to just like squirt it into my hand and it went everywhere. Like it's crazy. On the flip side, some of the pumps, it's like you feel like your hands are getting dirtier, the amount you have to touch the device <laughs> to get the, yeah. the hand sanitizer out of it, right? Totally. <laughs> uh, no, but I've, I've not- have you not noticed that the smell of some of these hand sanitizers is just disgusting? No. What, what do you mean? It's usually like alcohol-y smelly to me, ah, like chemically. I just got like a gross, it almost smelled like, um, like farmy. Like it's like manure, not really manure, but you know, like uh, just the the, the farm smell, like ammonia. uh, No, not a clean, not like a clean smell, like a farm. Maybe you know when you're in the barn, Mm -hmm. like a barn smell. So I guess it is a manurey, but mixed (laughs) mixed with hay, like a hay manure and feed. Right, and yeah. grain kind of smell, and maybe okay. it's because a lot of this stuff is made with grain, alcohol, or something. I don't know. Huh. But it's three or four times now if I've been at a store and I've I've used the hand sanitizer, I kind of catch a whiff of it, and I'm like, this stuff smells terrible. Now it's all over my hands. <laughs> well, you, why don't you just keep like a little private little squirt bottle in your in your pocket? I have one in my car. Okay. But it's just you walk into the store, it's mm-hmm. force a habit. You see it sitting there. Sometimes they'll have a person watching you as you come into the store. You feel obligated to take the squirt. Yeah. And and you go ahead and you do it. I went into, I think it was a restaurant uh, patio, and I stood in front of a thing and put my hand under it, like waiting for the automatic thing to go. It wasn't automatic. I stood there for probably 30 seconds. <laughs> she said it's not automatic. Oh. I just didn't want to touch anything. Yeah, but she's seen that before. Uh, you weren't the first person to do that. It's like the push and pull. And then Jim went to walk out the door and he pushed when he should have pulled. Looked like a real knob. This is real awkward. <laughs> Maybe it's part of the strategy, though. You make the hand sanitizer smell bad and people aren't going to put their hands near their faces. Ah. Because some of the stuff smells too good, right? Yeah, yeah. Like and you immediately coconut, want to take a whiff. Yeah, coconut, grapefruit, pineapple. Mmm. <laughs> Uh, Jamie says, uh, Taz, I tried some the other day, and it smelled like fermented peaches. So gross. Ew. Um, Graham says, it's the nasty, crappy, tequila-smelling sanitizer I don't have time for. You got to take a slice of lime with that crap. (laughs) Um, Another text, A-plus smells like vomit. I guess there's a brand called A-plus. Okay. Um, Here's one guess as to why it may smell terribly. The smell is so that people don't drink it because some mm. obviously is alcoholic and has alcohol content in it. So that that makes sense. It's the same. Has anyone seen someone walk up to a hand sanitizer uh, jug in a store and put their mouth under it like a beer tap? I don't know. <laughs> it's no, that, that is a real thing, though. 
I, th- I don't know if it's hospitals or something, but there is the, the people who are down on their luck and alcoholics will drink sanitizer and they have yeah. to put stuff in it. That is not, that's not made up. Listen, if you're at the point in your life where you're drinking sanitizer, you're not doing it for the flavor. You're, you're going for the effects, yeah. right? So I think you'll, uh, you'll choke through whatever <laughs> flavor you need to. And after hearing this story, I feel like taking a bath in hand sanitizer. You hear about the dude in Mississauga, Jim? Yes. Of all the things going on right now, you got people like this. Actually, it's been going on for a while. The mystery of who is tying condoms to random vehicles in parking lots has been solved finally. <laughs> oh, I, that's my favorite episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been tying used condoms to cars in Mississauga? The Trojan Balloon Bandit. This guy, and when I say condoms, I mean used condoms. Right. If it couldn't get any worse, jeez, man. This guy was a 74-year-old dude. He's facing charges. 74? After used condoms (laughs) were found tied to uh, vehicles and parking lots. In shopping centers across Mississauga, he's been on the loose since July 2018. They've been trying to That's track this guy down. That's an understatement. They finally got him on camera outside a, a, a shopping center. Uh, a 74-year-old guy from Mississauga, 11 counts. So he did it at least 11 times that we know of. Oh, my God. Of mischief, two counts of harassment and uh, voyeurism. And you don't want to wear masks in public, people. (laughs) With people, with guys like this out there, you don't want to wear a mask in public. Uh, Taz, after COVID goes away, I think I might just wear gloves and masks for the rest of my life. I'm restraining myself. I almost want to say good for him. Why? Well, he's 74 years old, and he's able to, (laughs) you know, get the job done still, and get those wrappers off. It's tough. Kraft macaroni and cheese dinner. You get tender macaroni, a new, improved, craft grated that makes craft dinner golden with rich cheddar flavor. Enjoy it often. Craft macaroni and cheese dinner. Happy macaroni and cheese day to you here. Uh, a lot of people enjoy their mac and cheese, judging by our, <laughs> our text message inbox here. As for your life hacks, what do you add to your KD to take it to the next level? Jim, what are some of the suggestions we got? Uh, first off, our boy in Hamilton, Hammer Manny, says uh, when he was in Laurier University, grab a can of Campbell's chili and whatever hot sauce you want, toss it in there and you're good to go. Uh, we got elbow macaroni, cream of cheddar soup, ground beef, and salsa. This is out of control. Uh, you got to make gourmet, Katie. Just add cheese whiz. Okay. More cheese? More more cheese. I still think if you did craft dinner and you did cheese whiz, I still think your cheese your real cheese level is only at like two percent. <laughs> if that. <laughs> it's like skim milk. Uh sausages and curry is awesome. Now we've seen the hot dogs, but yeah, sausages and curry. Um craft dinner hack. Use cream instead of milk. Okay. Makes it way creamier. Not going to work for your diet, most likely, but... <laughs> KD and Clamato. 
Kind of like a craft dinner Caesar. <laughs> Put a shot of vodka in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a Sunday? Sunday fun day. That's how you start it off. Mac and cheese and hand sanitizer. It'll cure what ails you. <laughs> Don't say that. Disclaimer from the Taz and Jim legal department. Yeah. Do not put hand sanitizer in your craft dinner. This is interesting. Broccoli and bacon. A little healthy, mm. a little unhealthy. I've done the broccoli before. Really? Yeah, when you're cooking the noodles, you get the steamer on top. You put, you know, the steamer you can put on top of the pot? Oh, yeah. Put the broccoli in there. All cooks, ready to go. Whoa, in one little system. That's yeah. brilliant, actually. Um, with uh, KD, I put a can of cream of mushroom soup in, and it's delicious. Wow. That's uh, aggressive. Right yeah. Um, some people are saying what not to do. Do not put oatmeal in your KD. My dad would do that. He did not like it creamy when we were kids. <laughs> he put oatmeal in it to thicken it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like the best part of KD is how easy it is to chew. You uh-huh. know? So the oatmeal doesn't it, help. It just slides right down <laughs> the gullet. You don't even have to chew. You know what the record is for fastest time eating a box of Kraft Dinner? What would your guess be? Oh, this is official. Yeah, I've got it here. Okay, for the the whole box, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 45 seconds. 45 seconds? No, it's over a minute. Oh, okay. Hold on, I did have it here. It's a minute and. Because if you could blend it up and like put it in a pitcher and then <laughs> just chug it that way, you could probably do it at 45. With some clamato. <laughs> Where was it? Here it is. Record uh, one minute two seconds. Man. That's still pretty fast. That's yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> this one, oh man. You know I like my sweet chili heat Doritos. How about this one? Crush up sweet chili heat Doritos and mix it in with the cheese powder before you pour the milk in. Whoa. <laughs> we also had somebody now this is a great one for the kids, Taz. Somebody sent us a TikTok video, and if you put blue dye in before you add the cheese, um, mixed with the yellow uh, cheese substance, it turns it to green. Like Star Wars macaroni and cheese. Yeah, St. Patty's of, Day. It's the kind of stuff that Luke would eat on Tatooine. <laughs> right? Like that milk he got out like of that weird milk. creature from the new one. <laughs> blue milk and, uh, <laughs> and green macaroni and cheese. Uh, well, there's some suggestions for you if you're planning on celebrating the day, National Mac and Cheese Day. Hockey is is back, Jim. They had the training camp starting yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's the good news. The bad news is seven additional oh. players have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh-oh, because it was three yesterday morning. Now we're at seven additional. Uh-oh, yeah. this ain't good. Seven additional positive cases for COVID-19. Uh, 4,934 tests have been administered to over 600 players throughout phase two of the NHL's reopening. 30 came back positive. So this is an increase of seven from the results last week when only 23 of the tests had come back positive. Is this, huh, like if this keeps growing... We may not, after all of this, even have a season. It's tough, man. I know that they're doing the the best they can to stay quarantined, isolated. (laughs) Look at the bubble down in Orlando with the NBA players. (laughs) One of the players now has to quarantine for 10 days 
because he ordered food and had it delivered to the hotel, and he walked out of the hotel to go meet the delivery driver. So he left the bubble for like two minutes to go get food from a delivery driver, came back in, (laughs) they busted him, and he had to issue an apology because... Uh, he can't practice or do anything with the team now for 10 days because he, he left the bubble. I also heard a rumor. I saw an Instagram post or a tweet or something where a woman claimed that she was invited to the bubble by uh, uh, an NBA player as, like, a hookup. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it's true, but, like, how Booty much, calls. How much can this bubble stay a bubble? Like, really? Looking to get some bubble butts up in that bubble. <laughs> bubble, 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 I bubble butt. She was a, an influencer, a social media influencer slash model, and she claimed she was invited, and then everyone's like, you can't go in there. And she's like, whoa, everybody relax. You're going to get me uninvited. I have a feeling. I I think these types of people may do things for attention, Jim. <laughs> yeah, She yeah. may have been making that story up. No, there's never lies on the internet. But with the, the hub cities, and I know they got the hotels set up, the accommodations, they're going to try and keep things as isolated as possible. But you got to remember, these are young guys with lots of money. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and there's going to be one or two of them who make a bad decision or they get a little stir-crazy and they order dinner or or a booty call and yeah it, it wouldn't take much man no. in that in those close quarters that they're all going to be living in if you start getting cases in there it's game over it wouldn't it be the worst like what if the season starts up and then it gets out of control and then and then it's like n- another half season <laughs> uh what if the leafs and i know you're a leaf fan or you pretend to be what if the Leafs are playing in game six of the Stanley Cup final and then there's an outbreak within the organization and they can't finish? I don't know. I think at that point you just go. You just go for it. You, f- you finish. You know what you do? You call in the Zamboni driver. <laughs> Get him to wear a Leaf jersey this time, right? <laughs> Get the entire support staff. Yeah, as long as they're wearing a jersey, as long as they're wearing the Leafs jersey, it's the Leafs win. Who cares? (laughs) Right. It doesn't matter who it is. Like a popcorn guy. If they're wearing blue and white, you'll take it. Hold on a second. Come on. Where they hide it? John is our contestant. Good morning, John. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) How you doing? I can hear you. Can you hear us, John? Yeah, I can hear you. You got Jim there? Yo. Yep. Okay. Uh, we're going to give you stories about people hiding things for various reasons. You have to guess where they hid it. So we'll give you multiple choices. If you think they hid it in the bum region, you got to yell out daily dumper before I give you the multiple choices. Okay. If you want to yep. try and get the daily dumper today, let's start with this one here. 52 year old American Airlines employee named Paul Belloisi was arrested for attempting to smuggle 25 pounds of cocaine from Jamaica into JFK Airport in New York. Where'd they hide it? Did he hide the 25 pounds of cocaine in a mechanical compartment under the plane, in the refreshment cart, or in the glove box? Uh, refreshment cart. Oh, no. <laughs> he didn't hide it in the Coca-Cola? You can see it. 
you know, it's uh, be a good little hiding spot. You get that thing on the plane, hide it underneath with yeah. all the peanuts and, and pretzels. and Tape it to the bottom or something? He was a mechanic. This is crazy, actually. Uh, he's a mechanic, and the law enforcement officers found the drugs. They replaced them with fake drugs that looked exactly the same, and then they sprayed this substance over it that can only be seen in ultraviolet light and then they went and parked the plane and they waited and this guy went and he grabbed all the drugs and then they brought out the uv light and checked his hands and he was covered in this substance oh brilliant yeah so he is uh he's in serious trouble if he's convicted he faces life in prison so was it in the glove box or was it in the... He was a mechanic. It was in the mechanical compartment ah, underneath the plane. Okay, okay. Yeah. Do planes have glove boxes? <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> I, I made that one up. I need your, I need your uh, insurance. <laughs> yeah, you pulled over you guys see your license and <laughs> registration. Next story here. Back in June, members of the Canada Border Services Agency arrested two female passengers who attempted to smuggle $1.27 million worth of cocaine, again from Jamaica, this time into Pearson Airport in Toronto. Where'd they hide it? You don't think they keistered $1.27 million worth of cocaine? (laughs) (laughs) Was it in tins of baby formula? In coffee creamer packages or in shampoo bottles? Uh, Baby food. Baby formula? No, I'm sorry. Mm. That powdered stuff, you'd think it could be an option. Yeah, and I've thought that. We use the powdered formula, and when we go through the airport, when you used to be able to go through airports, uh, my my wife would get stopped, and she'd have to open everything, and they use that little swabby thing to Uh. check and... Uh, but no, it was the coffee creamer packages, two separate women, two separate flights. But after they caught the first woman with the coffee creamer, they kind of were looking out for it. So the next lady didn't stand a chance of getting it through. <laughs> That's a lot of coffee creamer to bring, too. Uh, next story here. I wonder if you're going to get this one. Zachary Colvin, an Illinois man, was arrested for shoplifting 23 Xanax from a local pharmacy. Daily He's going with the Daily Dumper. And yes, you are correct. Nice. How do you get your hands on it? Let alone put it there. He, uh, he, he He's a sneaky guy, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's impressive, man. And I guess if I was stuffing stuff uh, in there... I'd probably need a few Xanax too. <laughs> Relax a little. Help me, help me just release everything, right? <laughs> the Washington Redskins made the official announcement they're changing their team name to something. We don't know what the, the name's going to be yet. They're probably just getting all the legal stuff worked out, uh, trademarks, et cetera, et cetera, before they make the announcement. They say they do know what name they're going to go with, but they haven't made that public yet. But we do know that the NFL team in Washington will no longer be called the Redskins. And to talk about that with us, we've got Janice Forsyth. She's a member of the Fisher River Cree Nation and Director of Indigenous Studies at Western University. Good morning, Janice. How are you this morning? Uh, everything is good. After decades of people uh, saying that, you know, guys, maybe you should change the name of your team down there in Washington, they finally have decided to do that. Yeah, 
this fight has been going on. I, I think I've seen um, the date going back to the 1970s. I mean, there's been resistance between names like this since about the 1940s, but the Redskins in particular, it goes back to the 1970s. So this is, you know, a 50-year-long battle that um, has, has finally culminated in a name change, which is a great thing. I'd be interested to know, would you, would you say the Redskins is – is the one team name because there's a n- number of teams that have indigenous themed uh, names, mascots. The Redskins just seems like it's the harshest, like the most racist uh, out of the bunch in terms of names. It's it's a derogatory name for a group of people. Yeah, I think I think many people would agree with that. It's um, you know using indigenous symbology and indigenous names as a common thing in the in the sporting world but um the redskins it's uh yeah that's definitely the most egregious and so it's um it's just amazing that the name has lasted this long really right look at the other teams around uh well every major sporting league and minor sporting leagues now we're gonna have to deal with the fallout from this um like indians braves do you think they should be changing their names as well yeah i think you know the uh the way in which um cultures are represented matters and these things have very real effects we we know for instance that um stereotyping which is you know what this is um it is damaging to, to people's psyches whether they're indigenous or not um even the american psychological association came out in 2005 and and made a statement about this so uh here we have a professional organization a huge one in the united states actually saying no this is wrong and damaging um but it also has policy effects right like if if people really value these um stereotypes whether it's indian braves or or redskins um you know that it's an accepted part of society to some extent and that it's probably that kind of thinking is embedded in policy and so what you then get is support for systemic racism so this very you know what people think is oh no don't worry about it. it's just a sports team name well, no, it's actually connected to a much larger system of oppression um, that is, you know, groups are trying to address. Now you see it with Black Lives Matter and the Indigenous rights movement and so on. What do you say about, to the argument that, oh, we named the team after them to honor them? <laughs> well, well, I think, um, I hope by now that, um, you know, we're not really having that discussion anymore because that argument has been thoroughly debunked. And uh, we know that they're, you know, it, that's just something that um, corporations and team owners developed in retrospect when their um, team names were challenged. So there's really no basis in truth um, to that. And I would hope that we've gotten beyond that argument. And, and I think this um, toppling of the Redskins name is a really good example of that. It's just that that argument doesn't hold water anymore. Janice Forsyth, she's a member of the Fisher River Cree Nation, Director of Indigenous Studies at the University of Western Ontario. Um, Now, what would you like to see the name change to? Because uh, the Navajo Nation is encouraging the Redskins to pick a name like Washington Code Talkers to honor the Navajo Code Talkers. But to me, it seems like anything to do with race, maybe you should leave out of your, your team name here. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's really a sensitive topic now, especially with the uh, the social movements um, happening all around us. And and don't get me wrong, that's a great thing. I mean, there needs to be you know change to the way in which people res- uh, respond to everybody every in an everyday way, and there needs to be systemic change. 
Um, but, you know, whether – and I have no stake in the game. I have no real interest in what the team name is. But, um, you know, if Indigenous groups want to play a part in um, helping the, the team name to change, so wherever the the team, whatever land, you know, they're, they're situated on, um, if those Indigenous groups uh, want to be a part of the, the reshaping of that team, then, you know, maybe that is a way forward. We don't really know because the Washington Redskins is, is really a tough case. Um, you know, for how other teams are going to respond. So I think it'll be interesting to see what they do, and I think other people will be waiting to see what they do, other team owners and other corporations. Um, so if Indigenous groups want to get involved and uh, if they find that the way they are involved um, is respectful, uh, they you know, and that they benefit from the, um, the using of their symbology or their names or their history, um, then... Well, that brings a new chapter, right? Janice, why do you think now is the time? Because they have been fighting this change forever. Why do you think now they finally made this decision? Well, I mean, ultimately, it was. I think it's a combination of the, um, the COVID uh, bringing to uh, to light the the inequalities, and so we have the Black Lives Matter movement and the Indigenous Rights Movement that are, um, you know, really forcing changes in society because of the, the pandemic. But also, I, I don't really, I don't think this change would have happened had the corporate sponsors, um, the investors, not done something. And they're feeling pressure because of the pressure that they're receiving um, from consumers, uh, you know, to make change. So really, at the end of the day, it was money talks. And, and that's really unfortunate because, for me, I would hope that people have developed a greater social consciousness. And I'm not sure that that's actually happened in this case. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it will in time, but I think in this particular moment, in this particular instance, um, you know, I don't see a lot of evidence just yet coming from Washington about why they're changing the name being tied to greater social consciousness. What I see is pressure coming from corporate sponsors. And um, that's changed for sure, and it needs to happen, but it's to me, it's not the kind of lasting change that you see um, that creates fundamental change. So I don't think we're going to see these same investors arguing for policy change, for instance, or legislative change in housing or um, justice or education or any of the other areas that um, the Black Lives Matters movement or Indigenous rights movement um, is what they're looking for. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens now with the Chicago Blackhawks, the Edmonton yeah. Eskimos, the Braves, the Indians, as we mentioned. Janice, we appreciate your time this morning, uh, getting your perspective here, Director of Indigenous Studies at Western University. Thanks for coming on with Taz and Jim. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.